Well, this morning, my desire is to honor the mothers and ladies of Harvest, and uh, today we'll be looking at a remarkable woman of the Old Testament. Uh, Her name is Deborah, and her story is found in Judges chapter 4, and so I want to invite you to take your Bibles and open up to the Old Testament. We'll be in Judges, and we're going to look at chapter 4 together, and uh, before... uh, reading today's Bible story, and we're going to read pretty much the whole chapter there, chapter 4, but uh, before we do read that, I would like to share just a couple of observations with you to kind of just, uh, you know, kind of begin to equip you as far as what's taking place in chapter 4. I want to share two observations with you. First off, uh, Deborah, who we'll be talking about, Deborah, her name means honeybee, okay? Honeybee, and that's the reason for uh, this morning's message title. Uh, the Queen Bee is taken from her name. Uh, so Deborah means honeybee. And uh, though she is not a queen, technically, uh, Deborah did serve in a position of importance. She was a judge. She is the uh, first woman judge ever mentioned at all in Scripture. So anyhow, Deborah means uh, honeybee. So today we're talking about the Queen Bee. Uh, Number two here, observation, Uh, right off the bat as we come into chapter 4 here, uh, we are introduced to one of Israel's habits, Israel's habits. Uh, Israel's habit is cyclical in nature, Uh, it's repeated, and here's what it looks like, here's the uh, cyclical nature of Israel's habit. If you look at it, we begin with stage one. The people are doing good. Things are just rosy. Things are just fine. Then they move into stage two. After uh, years of prosperity, uh, they would turn their backs on God is what they would do. Then in stage three, God would allow an enemy to oppress them. And you're going to see that this morning in the story. Then we go to stage four. The people under this oppression would cry out to God. And then God would hear their voice, and in stage 5, he would send a deliverer, and this morning's deliverer is Deborah. And then in stage 6, the people would start doing good again. Things would be rosy, things would be prosperous, but their habit, they would repeat this cycle again. Things would be going good, they would turn their back on God, and then uh, things would get bad, Uh, an enemy would come in. Again, God would allow that, an enemy would come in, and they'd be oppressed And under this oppression, they would cry out to God, God help us, God save us. And then God would raise up a deliverer. And then the people would start doing good again. And then they would experience prosperity, all right? And then after years of prosperity, they would turn their back on God. And then God would raise up an enemy to oppress them. And then they would cry out to God, okay, you get the drift of what's happening here? Well, here's the cycle in in chapter 4. Uh, They've been through this cycle. They've cried out to God. God has brought a deliverer, and her name is Deborah. That brings us to chapter 4 of Judges, and let's take a look at the story. It says, After Ehud died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, a king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harsheth, Hagoyim, because of the 900 iron chariots uh, and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, 
they cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of uh, Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Aboyam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Very well, Deborah said. I will go with you. But because of the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where, they, uh, where he summoned Zebulun and Naphtali. Ten thousand men followed him, and Deborah also was with him. Now Heber the Canaanite had left the other Canaanites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zanium near Kadesh. When they told Sisera that Barak, son of uh, Abinom, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera gathered together his 900 iron chariots and all the men with him from uh, Harosheth Hagoyim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down to Mount Tabor, followed by 10,000 men. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the, and the army as far as uh, Harosheth Hagoyim. All the troops of Sisera fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, however, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because, there were, because they were friendly relations between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the clan of Heber the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she put a covering over him. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and then covered him up. Stand at the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone here, say no. But Jael, uh, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through the, his temple, dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin, the Canaanite king, before the Israelites. And the hand of the Israelites grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, the Canaanite king, until they destroyed him.
So that is our passage for Mother's Day. <laughs> Pretty crazy, huh? You bet. Well, we won't be focusing on jail at all, okay? Uh, I'm sure there's a Mother's Day sermon there. We'll save that for another time, all right? But what we're going to focus on this morning, this morning is uh, the honeybee, Deborah the honeybee, uh, the queen bee. And uh, the natural conclusion that we draw from the story here regarding Deborah is that Deborah is a godly woman, okay? Uh, it's easy to see why God placed this woman in a place of importance. Uh, this morning, let's allow Deborah and her story to speak into all of our lives. And from the life of Deborah, Deborah comes six lessons regarding faith and practice. So that's where we're going. We're going to look at Deborah. And from her, from her life comes six lessons on faith and practice. And these are what I want to share with you this morning. A lesson number one here, and you can follow along on the back of your bulletin. There is an outline. Lesson one is this. A godly woman exudes faith. All right? A godly woman exudes faith. Faith just comes out of her. And, uh, and especially here regarding Deborah, uh, her boldness of faith is modeled for us in this story. And let me just kind of direct your thoughts back to a couple examples of of Deborah's faith, exuding faith. Uh, first of all, Deborah, she believed that the people of Israel could defeat the Canaanite army, even though this army had 900 iron chariots. Now, that's important. We're talking about big tanks, and the rest of the people are on foot, okay? The iron chariots, uh, even though there are 900 iron chariots in Deborah, to Deborah, that's nothing. That's nothing. When God is on your side, okay? So she encouraged Barak to go to battle. She has faith, and she exudes this faith, and she knows that they'll be victorious. And also another example, it was Deborah's faith that bolstered Barak's faith, okay? Because of Deborah's faith, because she believed, Barak also believed, okay? So what we see here first off regarding a lesson for Mother's Day, is that Deborah was a lady of faith. She exuded faith. And because of her faith, others were boistered up, okay, bolstered up, and they, they too pressed on. So here, here's the lesson, or here's an application for us. Oftentimes, it is the faith of mom that compels us to achieve what we think is impossible. That's how important moms are. Oftentimes, it's the faith of mom or the faith of our wife that compels us to achieve what we thought was impossible. Okay? We came to Goodland to plant a church because my wife believed in me. Okay? Faith compels us to achieve what we think is impossible. Well, number two, here's lesson number two. A godly woman stems the tide of evil. Okay? A godly woman stems the tide of evil. Now, Israel reverted back to its old habits. Remember, it's uh, cyclical in nature. Uh, stage one, the people would be doing good. 
And then stage two, after years of prosperity, they would turn their back on God. Stage three, God would allow an enemy to oppress them. Stage four, the people would cry out to God, God, help us. And then in stage five, God would send a deliverer. Well, that deliverer here today, this morning, in Judges chapter four, is Deborah. Her values, Deborah's conviction, uh, her devotion to God put Israel back on the right path to righteousness, all right? The last words of chapter 5 tell us that Israel had peace for 40 years, for 40 years. Again, that was because of Deborah. See, Deborah's faith, her, her conviction, her belief in God stemmed the tide of evil. And here's our lesson. A godly mom keeps evil at bay. A godly mom keeps evil at bay. That's how powerful you are, mom. When you walk by faith, when you rely on Jesus Christ, Christ, as you build that relationship with him, you, I mean, you determine what comes in the door of your home. That's how powerful, that's how powerful. A godly woman keeps evil at bay, keeps evil at bay. Number three, the third lesson, a godly woman cultivates her relationship with God. Now, it's true of Deborah that she was a prophetess. We read about that. A prophetess is a female prophet. And uh, what is a prophet? Well, a prophet is a spokesman, or in our case today, a spokeswoman. Uh, they speak for God. A prophetess was therefore a, a lady who spoke for God. Okay. Now, even though she holds a unique office here as prophetess, you can, click, you can quickly conclude that she spent time getting to know the person whom she spoke for, all right? Yes, she was a prophetess, but I don't think she just rested on the fact that she held a prominent, very important office. She was a lady that pursued God, okay? She cultivated her relationship with the Lord. And that's important because of the other lessons that we're learning. You know, remember, a godly woman stems the tide of evil. Uh, because of a godly woman, things are accomplished because they believe. Things are accomplished that we thought we could never accomplish. And uh, that all is rooted in the fact that they have a relationship with God. Well, here's, here's the application point. Motherhood is a unique office and you represent Jesus Christ. Therefore, cultivate your relationship with Jesus. Okay, let me just share that again. We already determined that Deborah occupies a unique office. She is a prophetess. And she was the spokesperson for God. For you, Mom, motherhood is a unique office. And you represent Jesus Christ. Therefore, cultivate your relationship 
with Jesus. Number four, lesson number four. A godly woman is courageous. A godly woman is courageous. Let's look at Judges chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Here's what it says. So Deborah sent for Barak, son of uh, Abionom, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Barak, to go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Deborah was a courageous woman. Here's why. Follow me on this. Deborah was a courageous woman because she told a man what to do. Are you with me? Okay. How does that work at home, wives, moms? <laughs> okay, here's the, here's the lesson, and the lesson's for us, guys. God uses wives to speak into our lives. God uses our wives to speak into our lives. Number five, a godly woman is a servant. A godly woman is a servant. Deborah has a servant's heart. We see that coming from the story. Because after she uh, spoke to Barak, Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go in the battle. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. And then here's Deborah's response. Very well, I'll go with you. Okay. Now, she doesn't have to do this. She doesn't have to go. She doesn't have to say yes and accompany Barak into battle. She don't have to do that. But she did. She did. She didn't have to, but she did. She's a servant. Mom, you don't have to play cowboys and Indians with the kids. But you do. That's a servant. Mom, you don't have to go out and fix the flat tire. But you do. Mom, you don't have to get in the car and... Uh, pull the slack out of the rope or the chain and pull the car to the repair shop. You don't have to do that. But you do. That's being a servant. And here's the application. Thanks, Mom, for all you do. Okay, thanks. You didn't have to, but you did it. And so thanks. Thanks, Mom. Number six, a godly woman is discerning. A godly woman is discerning. Here's a couple passages from Judges chapter 4 that uh, reflect this discerning attitude that Deborah had. Uh, she says, first of all, in verse 9, chapter 4, she says, Very well, Deborah said, I will go with you, Barak. But because of the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. As I read that particular verse, I always used to just think, okay, Deborah received the honor for the victory in the battle, but I, I'm wrong on that, because as you read on in chapter 4, there's some lady with a tent peg, okay, and a hammer, all right? So, um, but anyhow, Deborah, she, 
she's a prophetess, but she was able to discern that, okay, Barak, if you make this decision and go this direction, understand that the victory that you were probably desiring, you know, he was hoping to be the one who slayed Sisera. Understand, because of your choices, she was able to discern this, because of your choices, Barak, there's going to be a lady who will receive the credit. So there's an, an, um, an example of being discerning. Uh, let's go to verse 14, another example. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor, followed by 10,000 men. Well, in this passage here, we see um, Deborah discerning at this point that right now, Barak, you need to lead the army. Okay, it's, it's now or never, right now. She was able to discern that. And, of course, we're not told here in chapter 4, but if you were to read in chapter 5, chapter 5 is a song, a song that was sang by Deborah and so forth. But what you learn in chapter 5 is that the storms came, okay? Water came, and, uh, and it made it very difficult for these iron chariots to travel across the terrain because of the rain. So God at that time sent a thunderstorm, and uh, Deborah picked up on that and said, Okay, Barak, you got to do it now. Because look, it, God has is, God is given you the okay. Let's go do it. So she's discerning. Um, and so we do expect this discernment from Deborah, for she is a prophetess. We'll give that. However, aside from that truth, godly women have the ability to discern based on the word of God. Okay, Godly women have the ability to discern based on the word of God. Proverbs 14 says this, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. See, a godly woman discerns that she can discern that road that will lead to death. She, she, she's discerning. She just, she knows, you know. And so here's the application. Mom, it's okay to say no. Okay, you've, you have permission. You can say no. Kids come to you and they say, well, Mom, this is what we want to do. We want to go over to so-and-so's place and we want to spend the night. And, uh, and, you know, it's kind of funny because you're thinking yourself, Mom, you're thinking, you know, man, we don't really know this family. And uh, I, it just doesn't seem right. And so you say to your kids, ah, we can't do that. We're, you can't go and stay at so-and-so's place. Of course, the kids throw a fit, right? They're all upset at Mom. But because of that discerning spirit within them, you come to find out that that particular family has some major issues, okay? They don't, show, they don't share your values, okay? You know, they allow their children to do things that you would never allow your kids to do. You didn't know that, but you found that out later. But within your spirit, you were able to discern that that's not the thing to do. So you said no. So godly women say no, okay? They have the ability to discern. So that brings us to the end. So what is it we learn from Deborah? Let's just quickly run through these wonderful lessons on motherhood. A godly woman exudes faith. Mom, it's your faith that compels not only your husband, but your children to achieve what they thought was impossible. 
Second of all, a godly woman stems the tide of evil. You close the door on evil. You hold it at bay. Number three, a godly woman cultivates her relationship with God. And that's kind of a given. And uh, the, the application was, mothers, you have a unique office. You represent Jesus Christ. So therefore, invest in that relationship with Jesus. Uh, number four, a godly woman is courageous because she told a man what to do. All right. And the application, uh, God uses wives to speak into us men's lives. That's good. Uh, number five, a godly woman is a servant. She went into bat battle with, uh, with Barak. And, of course, some of the stories, ladies, you have done crazy things, all in the name of to honor your husband, okay? Whether it's pulling the, pulling the tractor out of the ditch or the truck out of the ditch or, I don't know, holding this particular item while he's trying to hammer a big nail in or whatever it is. You guys, thank you for serving, okay? A woman is a servant. Number six, a godly woman is discerning, okay? Because of her relationship with Jesus Christ, she's able to, able to tell that's probably not the best decision for us at this time. And uh, so it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. Well, as we wrap it up here, I just want to extend an invitation to all of you. I want to invite you to meet me at Adam's Rib House today for a wonderful meal as we honor mothers and as we just have a great time of fellowship. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for our meal. So when things look like it's ready to roll back there in our fellowship area, be the first in line and enjoy some ribs at Adam's Rib House. Let's pray together. God, thanks again for our moms. Thanks again for the examples that they are things that they do. Lord, we are so, so appreciative of them. Thank you for creating mothers, Lord. And uh, Lord, we just want to honor them. So Father God, give them a blessed day. May they be encouraged as people speak into their lives. But also, Lord, may they be encouraged as we, together as a church body, celebrate motherhood. Be with us now as we depart and head back to our fellowship hall. We ask your blessing on our meal, on our conversation, and in all this, Father, may you be glorified and honored, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. See you at Adam's Rib House.